The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. So very glad to have you along with us on the program today. Today and tomorrow, we're going to be featuring some of the interviews from the recent Chamber Expo, the U.S. Christian Chamber Expo that took place last week at First Baptist. Let's get things rolling right now. Sitting beside me right now is George Cope, a guy that I dearly respect. Every time I talk with you, man, I find myself inspired, not just in the day, but but for the Lord. I mean, you have that ability. Well, God's been good, and I think that everything that we have to offer is that that comes out of that positive relationship with Him. Yeah, uh, this I morning agree. I got up and I started it with Jesus, and yeah. uh, and if you start it with Jesus, then He does give you a reason to be positive. And that reason, Mike, is God's sovereign. Everything in our world is under his control. And so I live confidently in that on a daily basis. Now, you've been a pastor for how many years? 32. 32 years. And in there, you were a pastor at Calvary, Mm -hmm. Orlando, for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And you've been now doing your current job with Vision for... Nine years. Nine years. Vision Orlando, and it's a nonprofit. And again, it's like uh, Inspire Our Us. That's that's who you are, man. Well, again, the kingdom of God is not about buildings, right. budgets, and programs, right? The kingdom is about people. So Jesus didn't die for a religion. He died for people to have relationship. So all of life is about relationship, Mike. And, and your listeners know that because we all yeah. thrive in the midst of that. So what Vision Orlando does is it learns how to, to build bridges between faith, business, and government so that we're bringing hope from the church into business and into government ultimately so that we are able to see the kingdom of God rule and reign the way I believe the scriptures teach us that it's to rule. I think you're doing a marvelous job because what is so unique from what I see you doing uh, that would be really different than so many nonprofits, so many parachurch ministries. Uh, you, your pulpit, when you left one church, your pulpit is expanded, not only in the United States, but around the world. Well, everyone has their respective place. So we found our place. Our place is not to create things. Our place is to find what God is doing in communities and then come alongside them to help them to find their fullest potential. And then what that has done is opened the door for me. I just returned a couple of weeks ago from France where I spent uh, 10 days in, in ministry and in training emerging leaders in France. There's a move of God in France in an incredible yeah. way. But uh, the doors to Africa and a lot of other places have opened. But here's the key, is that when you find your purpose and you live in that purpose and you know what God has done in and through you, he's going to find ways to give you those opportunities to share your gifts and talents, much like you in radio. Hmm. And and so I commend you. I mean, I think that, that Shepherd Radio is all about this idea of finding the message and presenting that message of hope and reality to people. They're going to click on the dial and they're going to say, I need something. And they hear it from one of your uh, your 
conversations that yeah. you're having. And I that have, inspires. I am so privileged to have those conversations and to have them with people from really all around the area and the country. But one of the things, again, that I love just about how God uses you, I saw you today at, in, in the context of being at this Chamber Expo uh, before the concert by Mac Powell, which, by the way, was pretty great. It was amazing. It was awesome. But you're up there, uh, and again, leading people to recognize that thing that you mentioned a moment ago, how important it is that we maintain our relationship with God. Because you're right, the kingdom of God is not just about a service. It's not about uh, the duty. It's about the people of God doing the plan of God while they love God. So the reality of the kingdom is that it's lived out in culture every day. We're in this world, but we live by the rule and reign of a different kingdom. Our king is Jesus, right? Yeah, our government is his sovereign authority. That uh, our economy is that God takes little and can turn it into much. Um, our vocabulary is not a religious vocabulary, but it is a vocabulary that speaks love mm -hmm. in the midst of hate. It speaks peace in the midst of turmoil. It, it's a vocabulary that gives hope when everything seems to be hopelessness. That's how the kingdom is expressed in culture today. And so the reason I believe in the Christian chamber, the U.S. Christian chamber and locally, is because it's how the kingdom of God truly lives itself out. Sunday morning is nothing more than a celebration. I don't mean to demean it. That's right. But but real ministry happens Monday through Saturday when rubber meets the road, people meet people in the context of life, and faith becomes a part of that reality discussion, right. and, and it leads people to something that society cannot give them. I so love it. that's why this chamber is so important, because it provides access. I tell people this, that uh, a businessman, their desk is their pulpit. Yep. If, you are, if you're a caller on the phone, your phone is your pulpit. And it doesn't mean you preach at people. But you wait for the opportunity, and it will always come where you can speak the truth, you can share the love, you can speak into people's lives. And I agree. It, that whole thing of Monday morning, church church is over on Sunday, and a lot of people think when church is over on Sunday, it's over right. until next Wednesday, and they get their tank filled at a midweek service or whatever. But on Monday morning, the church gets up That's right. and goes to work. That's right. And so, again, that's why Jesus didn't die for buildings, budgets, and programs. Yeah. He died for people. And if we keep the main thing the main thing, which I believe is that authentic, sincerely, an authentic relationship with God. It's not some hyper thing. It is just normal. God knows we're frail. Right. We're dust. We, we are broken humanity that needs daily help, hope, love, forgiveness. And if we stay in that relationship then we are able to find the sustenance that flows out of God's heart to sustain us on a daily basis. And that's what life is about, day by day by day finding that. Well, I know that you're busy. I know that you travel uh, occasionally. You get invited yeah. to speak at churches all over the place. What are you seeing happen in Orlando that excites you? Well, what happened or Central Florida to expand that to our other stations? Uh, I think that the most exciting thing of, of in the last uh, six weeks 
that there is a network of churches that want to plant a hundred churches in Orlando, that these are local churches. They're not calling in outside organizations to do it, but they are saying, we want to plant churches. A hundred of them. A hundred. Wow. And so we meet together on a monthly basis. We're praying for one another. We're, we're beginning to use the, the intellect of those that have planted to share with these that are wanting to plant and, and that churches are seeing we're not a siloed entity. The yeah. kingdom of God is, yeah. isn't about my denomination. It's not about my church. It's about his church. How do we expand his church? And church planting is the way that happens. So in Orlando, that's the most exciting thing that has happened. There's 22 churches that's that amazing. have partnered together to say, we're going, we're going to plant a church in the next so many years. Mm-hmm. They're, going, they're determining what that factor looks like for them. But we want to plant 100 churches in Orlando in the next 10 years. And that would quadruple their number. Oh, oh my goodness. That's amazing. Because who keeps count? Yeah. Not me. Not us. It's God, right? Yeah, right. We don't ever know, Mike. You'll never know what this program has ever done till you get into eternity. Mm. You will never know the lives that you saved and, and, and encouraged and brought hope to until Jesus reveals that to you. The same is in church planting. Right. Because the, every church looks different. Every church is Holy Spirit directed and, and given. So the birthing process is that God wants to birth unique as individualistically as every human being, so is every church, Mm. because it has the thumbprint of God on it for that particular place at that particular season. So to me, that, that's the most exciting thing I've heard in Orlando in the last six weeks. Well, that's really exciting, and I, I hadn't heard that, so thank you for sharing that. Sure. Now, one final question for you, George. Put your pastor's hat on for a moment, and with all that's going on in our country, not, not everyone would wake up feeling as encouraged as you come across. And and there's a lot that we know. There's a lot that's going on right now that's difficult. But I like your approach. I like what God is doing in you in the face of this culture. What encouragement, what advice would you offer to people who are looking at the things, they're looking at the inflation, they're looking at uh, the loss of liberty, this whole thing going on in the gender world. What advice, what encouragement would you give them? Thank you for the question. I feel like you just lobbed me a softball, Mike. (laughs) You got an hour? (laughs) No, um, sincerely, what I said a a little bit earlier, I awaken with the reality that God is sovereign. That remember in the story of Job, God says to Satan, interesting conversation. I I don't understand it all, but I know God and Satan had a conversation. And God said to Satan, you can do anything to him you want, but you can't kill him. That's right. Spare his life. So the reality is, is that everything that happens in this world has to be filtered through God. So when I get up in the morning, I, yep, I won't. The news is, is discouraging at best, that the economy is devastating at best, but the reality is that God knew all about this before I was ever born, and God allows me. So, if he trusted to create me to live at this moment, then he has the power, and I need to remember he's sovereign in control, and whatever I need for whatever I face, his grace will be sufficient for me. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two is that I just know that God is omniscient. He knows all things. So he knows the beginning from the end. 
and sincerely. I hope I hope my voice doesn't come across to your listeners as that I'm a professional believer because I'm not. I'm a human being, oh, yeah. but I have built my faith on the fact I've lived. I'll be 71 next month. Mm. So I've lived seven decades and I've watched God work through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I've watched him faithfully always keep his word and his promise. And everything that he has taught me through his word, I have found to be trustworthy. So I rest in that sincerely. And, and, and is my life perfect? I've got a father going through last stages of Alzheimer's right now. It's, yeah. it's terrible. But God, he belongs to God. Yeah. He, he knows where he's going when this is all over. We know where he's going. We'll see him again. So in the midst of the pressures of that, my hope is in Jesus. Your dad was uh, heavily involved in ministry. My dad pastored 36 years, and then he was a missionary in Sri Lanka for 22 years. So my whole heritage. Oh, and that's my greatest gift in life Mm. was my heritage. Growing up and seeing authentic faith lived out. So I guess those are the two things, Mike. I would say the fact that that God is sovereign, He's in total control, and that He knows everything, and so I can trust Him if I just seek Him. I'll find Him when I seek for him with all my heart and he'll never fail me on that. That's how I go in the midst of a broken, confused, bewildered world. Wow, that is great advice and and I believe a good challenge for everybody, no matter how long they've served the Lord, no matter who they are, uh, to be able to get up and remember that one thing that God is in control. I think of a Twyla Paris song that was in the 80s that that talked about the control that God has. He He's in charge yeah. and we can trust him. Yeah. And and if we don't, then our faith is is built on something other than him. Yeah, that's and I, right. So I think that in the crisis, here's here's the last I would say that we live in this broken world that is looking for reality. So if Jesus is authentic in our lives, then people ought to look at us and and at some point whether it be the first meeting or the second or our neighbors, but at some point they begin to say, why do you have a different confidence than everybody else? Why Mm -hmm. is your speech different? Because to me, that's being salt and light. Mm -hmm. I think we think of evangelism as always giving four spiritual laws or, you know, having some kind of Bible verse. When I think, in fact, what people are looking for is what makes you different in a world that's falling apart? Why aren't you falling apart? Why aren't you wringing your hands? Why aren't you why aren't you crying? Because I know I don't my hope isn't in the Republicans or Democrats or independents or anybody. My hope is in Jesus. Yep. My hope isn't in Wall Street. My hope isn't in my 401k. My hope is in the economy of God who knows how to meet need because he's faithful. That's where hope rests. And if our hope isn't there, then we need to evaluate what is our hope in? And mm-hmm. we better adjust it because it's going to, it may get more difficult than it ever gets better. So we better be prepared in that journey to find Jesus to be the source. Now I'm going to ask you one other thing. I'm going to <laughs> say, forgive me for not living up to my earlier statement, because what you just said, I believe uh, is so important to people who are believers. We have a lot of listeners that would be uh, multiple decade Christians, but it's so easy for even the most seasoned Christian to lose sight and to forget. So what, what steps 
can they take Good. to, if they evaluate themselves and you realize, eh, my hope is not really in the Lord right now, God have mercy on me, what can they do? Well, the first thing I would suggest is that you have to evaluate, is my relationship with God about religion or is it truly a relationship? Mm. Because uh, being in the church, there are a lot of people, just like you said, they, after when the pastor says amen, they sort of feel like it's over. If your faith isn't day by day, moment by moment, then it's religious. And if it's religious, it's gonna crumble and fall because religions pass away. Yeah. Heaven and earth passes away, but my word doesn't pass away. So we've gotta be careful that we're not just being religious in our belief system. That's number one. Number two, the you have to evaluate on a daily basis. How is my relationship with Jesus? Am I listening? Is he, is he talking to me? Is there conviction? And it's not an audible voice. So when I say he's talking to me, he talks to the word. Am I listening? Am I obeying the word? Mm -hmm. I read a portion of scripture this morning and I, it was like the Holy Spirit said to me just in the words, no voice, but it was like the Holy Spirit said, how are you doing right here, George? And I had to pause and, and I had to answer that question. And I had to say, you know, I've got to sure this up. So we have to listen to the word. Mm. And I think thirdly, we have, to, we have to make our relationship with Christ and family, it has to become a priority. Mm -hmm. There are so, I, I was talking to a friend the other day that I recommended to go on a retreat. And he came back and he said, I went on the retreat thinking that I had um, too many things going in my life. And I realized that that wasn't the issue at all. He said, the issue the Holy Spirit spoke to me about was priorities. I had too many priorities over Jesus. That's something. And so if we prioritize things over Jesus, then Jesus is second, third, fourth, fifth in line. Mm -hmm. Then guess what? Where are we going to make our choices, decisions? Where are we going to have stability in? So I think that we need to, again, make sure it's not religious mm -hmm. and that we have to we have to remain faithful to the calling, but make sure our priority is faith, is, is effectively stated. Wow. And if we do that, we'll be able to safeguard ourselves against the rest of the The Lord society. is gracious to forgive us of our doubts Amen. and fears. And Hallelujah. we can come to him. Yes. And that's what you do. And that's what you teach. Dr. George Cope, thank you for stopping by the booth here. It's so great to see you always. Thanks, Mike. It's always a privilege, and I honor you sincerely for what you're doing in our community. Thank May you. God continue to give you favor and blessing. I appreciate that. Amen. Dr. George Cope, we'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Here at the Chamber Expo with my friend Daniel O'Leary. Daniel has uh, been a part of our program a couple of times in a couple of different positions. When I first met you, you were still in the program and you gave your wonderful testimony. Then you went from there to being a part of the chamber. I did. I was the director of advancement for the chamber for, um, for a, a season. And um, it was a wonderful experience. That's why I'm here 
still involved with uh, the U.S. and the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. I just love them. They're Good so people, aren't they? More, the best. The best. Yeah. And this is an incredible, incredible event. Um, Mac Powell on this morning in this uh, this wonderful expo floor. Could not be more excited to be here. And um, it was a wonderful experience working with the Chamber. And again, I'm still very much involved with them. But now you're in a new role. And tell us about that. So I, I work now for a company named Advanced Recovery Systems. And we are a substance use disorder and uh, behavior health treatment provider. So like the story that I told you, Mike, I, I struggled in addiction for over 25 years. And, you know, Teen Challenge was the, the entity or the place where God used to, use, to kind of set me free from that. Uh, and now I work in a company where we, we, have a, we have medical facilities. We get people medically detoxed and um, deal with the co-occurrence of behavioral health to get folks free of addiction. Um, and that's what I do. I do. I'm a senior community outreach uh, specialist with advanced recovery systems with my focus being almost um, exclusively on veterans so I work with the Veterans Administration um, throughout South Georgia and the state of Florida working with them because we can now in the facilities I have in the state of Florida which I have four we can take veterans benefits so if they're a, a veteran in need of substance use disorder treatment, we can work with the VA as a partner in the care in the community network and use those benefits in order to get that veteran treatment for substance use disorder. You know, for so long, COVID was like the only thing that got the attention mm -hmm. when it came down to problems, when mm -hmm. it came down to medical issues. But there was another, as what has been called another pandemic going on, and that was opioids and the problem with that. And I know that, that without a doubt, that's what you're bumping up against with this organization as well. So the opioid epidemic is really kind of shining a light on the, the overall problem of addiction, but it's, they're really kind of par for the course, and it's, it's kind of hard to, um, so opioids, alcohol, whatever the drug of choice may be, Addiction is the disease, mm -hmm. so it's all the it's all the same thing. What what the person uses is almost I don't want to say inconsequential, but it, it still boils down to being addicted. Now the CDC tells us that it's 10% of Americans that will suffer in substance use disorder at some point in their life. Now, if you have say I, I don't know what the the current census is, I think it's around 350 million. So if you just do quick math, it's 35 million people. Now, if each one of those people touches about 10 people in their life, if you think of family and friends and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And they would. And that's what usually, that's, that's really what it is. So then that 10% of Americans of 35 is then compounded by 10, which is 350 million, which means our country is sick. Mm -hmm. Our population is sick. And they, the veteran community... Um, the Veterans Administration will say that, or tells us, that 20% of veterans su suffer in substance use disorder. And I truly believe that's woefully low. Uh, and not only that, when you talked about the opioid epidemic, last year in this country there was 107,000 overdose deaths. 107,000 people died. That's amazing. Now... That's not to tell you how many people were saved from dying. Yeah. 
in the county I live in, it's a small county, Seminole County here in this in central Florida. Last, and I don't know why this statistic has popped out, and it just sticks in my mind, but in one month last year, in October of last year, Narcan was distributed 337 times. Mm. So 337 times lives were were saved from death. And that's really a miracle drug that's out there. It really is. A miracle is. Uh, application, and people can get it, and it's a life changer for someone that is suffering from this. Yeah, so Narcan will bring, bring you know, that's that's an incredible drug to save lives. The Lazarus drug, is it's <laughs> called. Yeah, and the thing about that is, though, is that if you think about that, one county out of 67 in one state out of 50 distributed that drug in one month in one year, in the same year that 107,000 people, if you can just extrapolate, extrapolate out how many people would have lost their lives. Yeah. Now that's, and that what that points to the problem of addiction. Hmm. So um, what I do now is reaching out to anybody that is in need of help. And I can, the, the company I work for, we work with our insurance partners. We work with the Veterans Affairs Administration. We work to put people into treatment in our facilities. We have a full continuum of care, um, which is medical detoxification, residential, uh, parcel hospitalization, intensive outpatient, and then um, outpatient treatment, and then the, the PHP or IOP. Um, they can be with boarding with us. We joke to put those people into our facilities. However, somebody does not have the resources, uh, if they don't have insurance, if they don't have the funds, if they don't have VA benefits, it's still a part of my mandate to reach out to faith organizations, to nonprofit organizations, in order to find somebody at least help. Like Teen Challenge is a nonprofit faith-based organization. I ended up there because at the end of it all, I had no resources left. I didn't mm-hmm. have the insurance or money or um, anything of the sort. So my company not only allows me, but re- it requires me to see if somebody calls us and they don't have those resources, I'm still required to find a place for people. Well, I, know, I mean, I would do that personally, but I think it speaks you know, volumes about the, uh, the yeah. ethics of our company. Their, their number one desire is to help people. We have a saying, um, and it's in big a big neon sign in our office. It's it's says, saving lives. It's what we do. Mm-hmm. That's really what we're out here trying to do. Man, we're saving lives. Sounds so incredible that there are people that are offering this kind of help. And I know you work with the vets. That's a group of people that are still to this day probably underappreciated for everything that <laughs> they've done, everything they've given. I know back in the days of Vietnam when kids were coming back, they were really not appreciated and really, uh, in many ways, that had a big impact on their entire lives. Well, I mean, you look at our culture today and and patriotism is almost frowned upon Mm -hmm. and veterans and like, I mean, I'm a a Marine Corps veteran and a proud Marine, Um, but almost now the the culture is counter counter patriotism counter faith counter Mm -hmm. all the things that we we rely on as as people um that you know we were taught as kids so i don't think veterans are um necessarily given um the respect and or uh, the the help they need especially because many of them coming back from what they've gone through um is usually the the crux or the the beginning of why they suffer in substance use disorder and have mental health problems and you know they're not you know we're working very diligently to 
to step in when the when the VA has a has a need for us to to come in and help save a vet's life. But you're absolutely right. I don't I don't think that um, veterans necessarily are given um, their their fair their fair shake. Mm-hmm. I agree. Love uh, the work you're doing, Daniel. And from the time I first met you, like I said, I could tell that you were a guy that I, I believe the Lord was going to use in a mighty way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I appreciate that. You have uh, such an ability to communicate your heart. And that's what you're doing right now. So thank you for doing that. Daniel O'Leary, thank you for being with me today. And best wishes with your work. That website, give that to us. It's advancedrecoverysystems.com. My phone number is 407 407- Three eight 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 three one seven. If anyone listening to me ever struggles or has a family member or a loved one or someone they know that is in need of help because of addiction, please call me. I can help. And thank you for dropping by our table. You're up. All right. God bless. Thank you, sir. With me right now is Angela Harris. She has a ministry, New Life Transitional Home. And I understand you're part of First Baptist here in Orlando. I am. I am. Well, it's great to have you here on the program. Tell me a little bit about your story and how you've begun this new work. Okay. Well, I am a recovering addict. I was on drugs for like 27 years of my life. And I grew up in a very dysfunctional home where I was um, sexually abused by two family members. Mm. Um, my mom mentally abused me, but she did the best that she could. My father wasn't there for me growing up and as I got older um, I got on drugs and I was out there in the streets for like say 27 years got raped numerous times and also I just lost my son to drug overdose because of me being an absent mom and so I'm starting this home because I know that women that have went through a lot of turmoil that I went through they do not have a support system to help them to navigate through life, going through some of these childhood traumas. And also their children are so affected by their drug use, which like my oldest son was. All of my kids were taken away as well. So with New Life, I want to open up this home for women and help them to navigate life, to help them to turn their life to Christ, you know, to give them those doors, um, to open up doors for them that no one has ever done for them. And when my lost my son to drug overdose, it's, I say, okay, God, now I need to go out here and make a difference mm. for these women. Because if we don't change the lives of these women and also men, their children is going to follow down the same road that their parents. It's going to be a revolving door. Mm. You know, so let's, you know, I want to target, you know, this community with these women that are suffering from their childhood trauma so is this going to be a home where people are like residents there is that what it is or is it just an outreach it's going to be a home where people that are coming out of jail and prison that's needing a second chance women that have come out of work release that needs an additional home to save up money to continue to work on their traumas Mm -hmm. because a lot of these ladies and men have backgrounds so unfortunately they're don't have enough of the resources to or does not have the ability to move into a nice environment because of their their being a convicted felon 
So yeah. that's going to stop them from being able to live in a, a more productive area here in, in Central Florida. So you have a booth here at this event? I don't. Actually, I was here meeting one of my board members, and I didn't know this was going on here at the church, and I just decided to walk around. Oh, that's great. And I ran into you. and um, Yeah, here you and are. And here I am. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we wish you the best. Tell us how people can get in touch. So um, my website is nlthome.org. Um, also, my email address is Angela at nlthome.org. My phone number is 407-421-1851. My name is Angela Harris, and my organization is called New Life Transitional Home. Yeah, you did very well on that. Thank you. Thank, and thank you, you so for much. dropping by the Shepherd Absolutely. booth. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you so much. It is a real honor to have Shola Thompson here. Shola and I had a conversation back when she worked with Dwight Bain, who is a counselor, is a counselor in the Orlando area. Shola, it's nice to have a face now to go with the conversation. Yes, indeed, it really is. <laughs> well, it's nice. Uh, you helped me set up that interview back then. Yes, I did. And mm-hmm. uh, I understand now you and your husband have a, a ministry. Correct. Uh, a work out of uh, uh, your own home, and it is called... Am I saying this right? Rehoboth Care. Rehoboth, Rehoboth Home Care. Rehoboth Home Care. Tell, me a, tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about that. Okay. Well, actually, we do not work out of our home. We work out of our clients' homes. And we are a home health agency, a non-medical home health agency. So we provide in-home assistance to seniors or people with disabilities in their own homes through the, the use of other services of caregivers. Mm-hmm. So we have care providers who go in who are in employees of ours who go into the homes of our clients and they provide assistance with um, activities of daily living like bathing, dressing, grooming because most people would want to stay home as much as possible if they can instead of going into a nursing home or a facility and so if they need non-medical services that's where we come in. That's wonderful and you've been doing this now for a couple of years? Yes we have. And, and uh, your husband is, I understand, he's a podcaster. Yeah, he is many things. <laughs> <laughs> is it a uh, like a healthcare podcast? Well, not necessarily. It's um, it's a it's he touches on different topics, and it's called um, open spaces because he just kind of ventures into wide open spaces, yeah. as he said, which is actually a play on our name, Rehoboth. It's from the. It, uh, the book of Genesis, yes. you know, one of the wells that um, that Isaac dug up and uh, uh, Jacob dug up, and um, it was and it means wide open space. Wide mm-hmm. open spaces. Correct. Now yes. I've been in Israel. I okay. saw lots of wide open spaces. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, you're from Nigeria. That is correct. How is it that you've gotten to the United States? What, well, what happened there? Well, we Joseph and I have actually lived in the United States for over thirty years now. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, we originally came because he came to a Bible college and the original plan was that he would come for, to seminary for an education and we would go back home and do ministry back home. And that sounds like somebody else I know. <laughs> oh, really? I thought I was coming to Florida for only, uh, oh, really? only a little while, maybe yeah. a couple of years. 
That was yeah. 37 years ago. Uh, see, God has his way of roping us in. He knows if he tells us the full picture, he shows us the full That's picture, right. we won't do it. So he only gives us the next That's steps. That's exactly right. Yeah. So we came here originally so that he could go to Bible college. And then, you know, afterwards, you know, we, you know, the Lord just opened certain doors and one thing led to another and we ended up uh, U.S. citizens and this has been home. And we have uh, three children and all, uh, well, we came here with our little infant son who is 31 years old now. And, uh, wow. We have two daughters that were born here. Well, it's really delightful to meet you. And uh, give us how people can uh, get in touch with Rehoboth. Absolutely. Our website is RehobothHomeCare.com. And that's R-E-H-O-B-O-T-H homecare.com and um, we can be you know we, we're on Facebook we're on Instagram and uh, but, and then we can you can always give us a call too and, and your name is pronounced Shola yes but it uh, is spelled, spelled Sola like right. S-O-L-A S-O-L-A it and, is the uh, short form it's a Nigerian name it's kind of like a lot of people know the Nigerian artist Shade and her uh-huh. name is spelled S-A-D-E and we're from the same part of the country oh that, that my goodness it's a Yoruba name also so yeah. it's pronounced Shola but it's, um, For radio disc jockeys who uh, never really understood how to pronounce that name, okay. there's no way you're going to get it just by reading it. So you have That's to know true. the background. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, Shola, it's nice to have met you face to face. Absolutely. And I hope you enjoy yourself here I at the will, Expo. And thank you for allowing me to speak. <laughs> Turning 65 or already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed-up football players confuse you even more? Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407-965-4166 now. Or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida, and discuss what is important for you. Be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study an evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Here with the founder and CEO of Save by Grace Ministries, Jarvis Guthrie. It's great to have you with us here today, my friend. Nice to meet you. Thank you, sir. It is an honor to be here as well. Thank you for your time today. You've got it. Now, Save by Grace, that is a, a marvelous name for an organization. Tell me a little bit about how and what the purpose for this group is. Yes, sir. So when I was 18 years old, I thought I had my whole life figured out. College football or going to the military and on the night of January 21st of 2012 my whole life changed forever I was at a party drinking and I went outside to smoke a cigarette instead of going back to the house party I walked across the street broke down the door and it happened to be a cop's house and that night oh my and that yeah. night God come on God was the one who saved my life and save that bullet from going to my head. I should be dead. Mm-hmm. It's by God's grace that he spared me. Mm. So as a first-time offender, I was sentenced to two years in prison, and I was in a, a dark time in my life, man. I lost everything. I was on my way to the Army. I was leaving as a 
Um, 25 uniform, which is a computer specialist as an E3. I turned down playing football at Troy University as a walk-on, and I'm in prison. Yeah, that's a, a big rude awakening when you sober up and you realize what you've done and the implications and consequences of our actions can be a real surprise, right? Yes, sir, it is. So what happened to you while you were there in that prison? I transformed into a child of God. <laughs> oh, my word. Yes. Now, I, we hear this all the time, Jarvis, about people who go to prison, get in jail, uh, meet the Lord there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that hear those stories and they think, is that is that what's called convict religion? Was this the real deal? Clearly with you, it was the real deal. Absolutely, because God showed me a vision. He showed myself in a white suit, in a white coffin, and God said, I spared you. And that's all I needed to see. And at night, I'll be choked. And when I started going to church and telling um, Ms. Gail Kirkland, who passed away, um, God rest the dead, she told me I was going through spiritual warfare. And that's when I grew hungry and thirsty for God's word. And I began to pray and fast. And she taught me about spiritual warfare. And once I started saying the name Jesus, he started choking me. That was my first attack. Mm. But once I began to be fed with God's word and, and that milk, and I got my, my shield and my armor and my dagger and my slingshot. I started to tear the head off of Goliath. And that's when I got called to be a preacher. Wow. Nine months after my incarceration. Wow. So you spent two years in prison. Yes, sir. I spent two years in prison. What was coming out like for you? Coming out? Coming out of prison. Everything was so fast. Even though I only did two years in prison, the scenery, um... You were different, too. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So it just started happening, and you're called into ministry. How did you begin this uh, this work, Saved by Grace? Um, well, the first thing I did when I got out of prison, I got enrolled into college four days later. So um, I, I've always been, you know, very ambitious and very driven. And my whole thought process was, well, I'm going to outweigh my felony conviction with a with, with college education. You know, that was my, my biggest, you know, ammo because I heard the term felony and convict growing up, mm-hmm. but because it, it never affected me, I didn't understand what it meant until you become a convicted felon. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah. So I went to school and during my process of being in college, um, in 2016, my mom died and then 2019, my dad died. So God was purifying me and testing me the vision which he had gave me. So when I was incarcerated I just had a, a, a Bible study called Save by Grace Ministries, SSBG and that's all he gave me. Mm-hmm. And then when I got out, you know I was very chastised, I was pruned um, he loved me and through every opportunity my parents were able to see the man that they knew I could always become. And I wear it down my shoulder man because I thought I let them down. You know, and for them to be able to see Christ in my life and to lead them to glory, that's the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. That's wonderful. Now, how does this ministry help other people? What are you doing? So I'm in partnership with Prison Fellowship. Um, Chuck Colson's group, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So that's who I go into these prisons with to volunteer. And um, it is just life-changing because these men are actually helping the volunteers grow. You know, these men are hungry for Christ. And we see the, the fire and the flame of Jesus and the men 
while they're incarcerated. But the problem is once the men transition from prison to society, we are discriminated because of housing, education, employment. So these three functions are sustainable for a living. Once we're blocked from um, those opportunities and we're not able to get a good job, a good housing, that's why 85% of men are going back into the prisons because we don't have that support. Right. You know, right. so our, our, our outlook on Jesus changes, okay? We're fired up for Christ, but once we get out, people are judging us. I thought the Bible says any man in Christ is a new creation. Yeah. But, you know, you, you know that's uh, part of just what has to happen in the heart to Amen. be able to withstand those darts. Amen. And, you know, we think of fiery darts coming from the enemy. Sometimes they've come from people proclaiming to know the Lord. Amen. And that's tough when that happens. Yes. But, boy, it sounds like you're doing a work to encourage. What, what, are yes, the, what is it like for you now to go back on the inside Man. As, a, as a believer that's out and you've met the Lord. What's that like? Let me tell you, it's like Joshua attacking Jericho. It's like <laughs> Moses seeing the Red Sea open up. Hallelujah. It's just so amazing. So you, you get fired up when you go back in. Man, I can't get enough of it. Wow. That's really cool. Miss Deb Brown, Sell Like Jesus. She sponsored me. I met her through LinkedIn and just networking and here building, trying to build a community and um, I met Miss Crystal Parker through LinkedIn. She came to Jacksonville for a phenomenal woman of God. And anything she does, I want to be a part of. That's wonderful. Jarvis Guthrie, thank you. Thank you, sir. We just talked with Daniel O'Leary, who, as you have heard, was a part of Teen Challenge. And I'm able right now to be with Derek Perry, who is a, a current student, uh, kind of in the same place three years ago that... We have uh, we heard from Daniel O'Leary when he was on my program. I've got Derek here. Derek, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me, and thank you for inviting me to speak. That's great. Now, tell me a little bit about yourself. How long? First of all, how long have you been part of Teen Challenge? I've been a part of Teen Challenge now for five months. For five months. Now it's a year program, right? Mm -hmm. And so you make a commitment to come in. Tell me a little bit about your story. Yeah, my story. That's a really good question. You know, the Lord has been so gracious to me. He's been so gracious to me. Now, looking at me, I know our, our audience can see me. I'm a triathlon runner. And you would say, well, I don't think so. I, I see what you're looking like. But I've been a triathlon runner from Jesus. I've been running from him for so long. Oh, my I've goodness. I've just been longing. I've been longing and looking to be loved. I've been searching for peace and for safety. That's what my heart's been looking for. And God has, he's delivered me. He's delivered me, not just because I'm at Teen Challenge, but he's brought me into the kingdom of God. He's brought me into the kingdom of God. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Cambridge, Minnesota. Mm. Cambridge, Minnesota. Yeah. Okay, way up north in the cold country. <laughs> in the cold country, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Yeah, man. Yep. It's a little different being down here, right? Well, you know it is. You know, I just talked to someone earlier today. We're missing some of the seasons down here. It seems like I'm missing that from my childhood. In Minnesota, yeah. we have four seasons. We have spring and fall and winter and summer. And and the fall down here is a little bit different. Fall yeah. down here is a little bit different. Just a little bit different. Yeah, just uh, a tad bit. <laughs> you know, I am, I'm, I'm from Indiana myself. So yeah. I had a little bit of that colder weather. But my goodness, not like Minnesota. What was it that you think that caused you to have that, the gap or the mm. void in your life that uh, caused you those struggles? Yeah, that's a really good question, Mike. 
Now I grew up, my grandma and grandpa taught my mom and dad, and my mom and dad taught me and my sister that we were to serve the Lord and we're to go to church and we're to learn from the Lord. I'd been around, I would say 14, 14 or 15. I'd, I just I just started straying away and, and doing what I wanted to do. I'd moved high schools. I moved from my school in Ogilvy, a little town in Minnesota, um, and I'd, I'd gone to another high school. I'd, I'd, you know, I told myself I got around the wrong crowd, but I was the wrong crowd. Mm. I was the wrong crowd. I ended up skipping school, running, running away from my responsibilities. Um, that led me that led me down the wrong path i mean yeah. it, it started there yeah I've, I've come to the conclusion that when when i've done this in my life i pushed god away I put him on the back burner i'd i'd left i'd, I'd left the church mm -hmm. um, yeah yeah i'd left the church god had planted seeds in my life you know at the times i didn't see him but he's been faithful god god is a good father the scripture says that god is a shepherd that he's a good shepherd and it's been over and over that he's yeah. shown this to me it's been these seeds planted in my life that I can look back at my life and say, Lord, you were there for me. Mm. You were there for me. And now being at Teen Challenge, I'm, I'm able to receive that. I'm able to receive that love. I'm able to receive the kindness of our Father. I'm, I'm able to hear that again. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, now, was, how is it that you found Teen Challenge in Florida? <laughs> That's a really good question. That's a good question. You know, I'd actually come down here. I'd found myself in a little bit of trouble in Minnesota. I'd run, I'd run from that trouble, and I thought if I could come down here, I'd get rid of all my mistakes, all mm. my worries would be gone. And, and little did I know that God was going to use that in my life, that he was going to turn that around and bring me to a place to serve him again. I had no intentions, I had no intentions of coming down here and seeking God. Mm -hmm. I had no intentions of serving him, but he turned my life around. He turned my life around. Yeah. I found Teen Challenge, not just through advertisement. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. You know, my mother, my, God bless my mom. She'd been so faithful. She told me about Teen Challenge when I was running around, and, and I just didn't want to listen. I just didn't want to listen, but I'm, I'm able to now. Yep. Well, I'm glad you are, man, and I'm glad you're there. Glad Thank you're you. getting the kind of love, support, and fellowship, and accountability that is so important. It's great to have you with us here today. Yeah. Thank you for dropping by, my man. Yeah, thank you for letting me speak. Oh, we wish you the very best at Teen Challenge. Thank you. Derek Perry, God bless. So appreciate all those that have been on today's program from the Christian Chamber Expo that was held last Thursday and Friday down at First Baptist Orlando. I'll have another show from there tomorrow. And don't forget, there's going to be a debate between Marco Rubio and Val Demings that race is being much watched all across the country, so that will be on tonight. I know it will be shown on Twitter and some other locations as well. I'll be back tomorrow with another program from the U.S. Christian Chamber, and I hope you can join me then. Have a great day. Thanks for being with us right here on Afternoons with Mike.